Okay, this story is called Billingsgate Fish Market. It's taken from It's a Rum Life, Book 3, Ivy House Tales, 1970 to 1984. In an effort to increase my income in the early ECYB days, I advertised in the local press for work for my little Volkswagen truck. I was collecting complaint commercial ties most days of the week and filling in with work from neighbours' rundles from time to time. The boat. My client, brought in by the adverts, was Brian Walden, a local fisherman. Brian had his own boat, the Frieda Nora, an ancient, traditionally built local smack. This is in Boston. These boats were basically prawn and shrimp trawlers and had been fishing the wash and associated coastal waters for a hundred years or more. Brian's boat was about 80 years old and like its contemporaries, originally designed for sail power. We've got a good picture of this in the stories you can read. The hull was deep keeled with sharp straight stem and very low cruiser stern. The decks were flush and open with short strong side rails. The original sailing mast had been cut down shorter and now just carried the old boom for shooting the trawl net and recovering over the low stern with the powerful winch at the foot of the mast. Power was now an old World War II tank engine mounted deep down in the hull and driving a single propeller and extra shaft for the winch. I tried every possible way of finding a picture of this boat, uh, but the only one I can find is a sister ship called Nelly and Leslie, which now lives in Germany. Another smack from the same period was called Britannia, also owned by the same family originally, and following a very troubled life, Britannia still survives and sails from an Essex home. Shellfish. Back to the story. Brian concentrated on shrimps, and he was a very successful fisherman, industrious and knowledgeable. He was looking for someone reliable to take his daily catch to the London Billingsgate Market every night during the shrimp season. The season was relatively short, and I had to realise that it was only for a few weeks. In those weeks, though, Brian could earn almost half his annual income, provided he could get his catch direct to London and cut out the local shellfish agents. We struck a deal and I was engaged to take all the shrimps he could catch each evening that his boat was able to fish. It wasn't always evening, actually. Everything depended on the tides. Sometimes he would be back during the afternoon. Sometimes it would be well after midnight before I loaded on the quayside. Sometimes it was only half a tonne, but on good days I carried a tonne or more in one load. This was high-value goods and meant just as much to me to have a good-paying client as it did for Brian to have a reliable carrier. The market. London's Billingsgate Market in the 1970s was the UK centre of the fish wholesale business. Situated close to the Pudding Lane Memorial of the Great Fire, the market was located right on the actual banks of the Thames. It comprised huge long glass-covered galleries supported by classic Victorian railway station design cast-iron stanchions. Within were rows and rows of wooden kiosks with boldly written descriptions of each trader and their speciality. The main building was open on three sides, no doors, 
but spread out on the landward side an immense parking area for lorries to unload their wares. As soon as five o'clock arrived, the area suddenly teemed with white smocked porters wearing their classic flat leather hats. The main impression, I remember, was the smell and the ice in all the gullies and drains. The noise level increased rapidly as instant auctions took place for the countless varieties of fish and shellfish. Auctions on the back of lorries, auctions in the aisles between the stalls and auctions in the open air. As goods are sold, the porters loaded kits of fish on their heads or boxes on their quaint long low barrows. Then off they went at top speed, singly or in pairs, to another part of the yard where eager buyers waited patiently to load their precious purchases. Fish from all parts of the UK were destined to travel yet again to pastures new. My shrimps were rapidly moved from the back of the truck. Brian's agent took samples into his cabin area and sold from there. His porters simply collected the number of nets from my truck and took them to their new owners. Demand was high, as often they were the only shrimps in the market. The buyer could actually see what he was getting. Within an hour, it was almost all over. All the excitement and clamour finished until the next morning at 5am. I always endeavoured to arrive by 3.30 or at the latest 4am. This gave me time to cope with any possible breakdown and also gave the merchants time to look at the shrimps before, before sales began. A further reason was that the market cafe opened at 4am and served excellent food. The interlude lasted about two to three months, off and on. The experience was good for the future, although Brian decided to sell his boat later that year and move away. Brian paid well for these trips, but I did not take into account the corrosion effect of the residue salt water constantly dripping from the shrimp nets onto the truck bodywork. This was to be contributory to my first road traffic licence endorsement two years later for dangerous corroded sills on the same truck. There we are, that's the end of that little story brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Okay, this is a new ending to all our stories. There's no shop anymore. Since Covid, we decided to allow free access to all our complete books, videos and audio stories. You can access them all via our new website. The address is www.com it's a rumlife.com the spelling i t s a r u m l i f e.com no spaces it's a rumlife.com there we are have a <laughs> have a good look and thank you for listening